look at that. It How great good. was my new tune? Oh, was that, that just, are you? Yeah, you didn't did even you get your channer. You didn't I know, get your up to your lips in time to, to try <laughs> to last pretend seconds. to be playing it. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Josh. Welcome to episode one hundred and thirty-two. I think Something of like the Channerant podcast. If you didn't know, I'm here to let you know this show occasionally employs naughty language. So if that will offend your ears, I'm going to give you five seconds to listen to something else. That's five, four, three, two, one. Fudge. Fudge. That was for you, Matt. Yeah. We- oh, well, thank you. I was going to say only they didn't say fudge. <laughs> <laughs> Not normally, but we'll get it for you. Uh, listeners can review the show on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Send us screen caps of those reviews, and we will send you stickers. Yeah, yeah. We haven't gotten any screen caps or reviews in a while, and you know, I want to, I want to hit that moderate four and a half stars. You know, everyone else will vote five stars, and then Stephen McWhorter will give us one, <laughs> and that will get us right in the sweet spot of being good, but not so good we get too much attention. You yeah. know what I mean? We don't want that. Yeah, you don't want to win the race. You want to come second. <laughs> Just as quietly. You, under the radar. Yeah. As, Josh, the radar. as Josh gotta, likes to do, he likes to come in second. Yeah. It's, well, if there's only two people, if there's more than that, I'm whatever the last one is. Right. Uh, <laughs> listeners can send us emails and voicemails to be played on air. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, if you're Australian, Snapchat, and actually now YouTube. We should add YouTube into there because we have been posting a few more things to YouTube recently. Hopefully more to come. Check out the Chanarant store at Chanarant.com. We have some new merch we'll be talking about later on in the show and this episode. It's brought to you by our patrons, those lovely people who either pay $5 every month or pay $5 once to see Matt. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash channerant. Last but not least, invite and share with your friends. Fuko. Yes, Josh. You know what uh, really unclicks my subscribe button? What's that, Josh? When I put so much time and energy into making the band that shall not be named, the YouTube juggernaut that it was and then I come back to the internet to find that there are channels vastly outperforming <laughs> yeah that Two didn't even that didn't even exist when I started doing the stuff for the band yeah. and like now I have to start doing YouTube shit again like really you have any idea how long it takes to edit this shit well our guest does I, you know, yes. My question is, who the f is Matt Willis? That is the question. That is the question. Uh, I would like to introduce our guest, Mister Matt Willis Bagpiper. Hello. <laughs> he legally changed his uh, middle name to Willis and his last name to Bagpiper, so that he can be on brand all the time. Very smart marketing move. All yeah. the time. <laughs> it, it was. It was actually great. Stone Mountain last year, back when we could do things like that. You know, there in the middle of the whole thing, and I the channel was you know doing pretty well and whatever, but you know. I'm walking around. I have my, you know, goofy Glengarry on. I don't look on brand there. And a guy walks up and he's like, are you Matt Willis bagpiper? While I'm holding my pipes, he's holding his bagpipes. And I just was thinking, it's like, did you just actually call me Matt Willis bagpiper? <laughs> <laughs> like as a bagpiper to another piper at a game. Okay, cool. I was like, yes, I am. And, and we had a talk, but it was, it was great. We should all do that. Like traditional immigrants coming to Ellis Island will make our profession our, na- our, our last name. name. Yeah. So I'll change. He'll have Matt Willis Bagpiper. I'll change mine to Josh McGecker, EMT student slash homeless person. Mm-hmm. And Fusco can change his to Andy Fusco masturbator. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> These are all the do things we need. what you know what to do. You know, My OnlyFans, by the way, is uh, OnlyFans.com slash Andy Masturbator. Is it weird that I think you could actually make a little bit of money doing an OnlyFans? Have you considered this? 
not until right this moment. I actually think <laughs> I actually think that you could potentially like oh, absolutely could. the lumber sexual thing. Granted, as long as you don't care about the fact that a decent amount of your audience would be dudes, I'd say ninety eight percent of it. But they would pay more. I mean, you know, I'm just, I care. yeah, I think that like. <laughs> You know, it's it's not worth ruling out in this economy. That's no. all I'm saying. No, not at all. You put a lot of work into growing that beard. It might as well make you a little <laughs> bit of money. As an independently uh, self-employed person, as well as Matt Willis Bagpiper is, um, I think we should both, maybe we, can you do a joint OnlyFans? Because I, I definitely well, you need could do, to get you on. You could do like collabs, right? Like, you know. I want to get it on Matt's audience. I think his just imagine audience. that, like, you know, we got Andy's beard, we got my lack of just hair in general. <laughs> I think there's like a dichotomy there. There's, there's like something there. Yeah. There is. There I, th- is. I think we should, I think you should just do a 12 minute video of both of you sitting side by side eating chicken wings <laughs> and put it on OnlyFans and see which weird Japanese businessmen like tip you, you know? I mean, although I, Bella Thorne broke OnlyFans, I guess. Yeah. By, yeah. yeah so. But I don't think we're going to get that kind of problem so i think we're okay okay that's 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 all that's all well and good but matt uh very excited to have you on the show well i'm glad to be here yeah it's good uh it's always it's always fun when i reach out to people that um i have no idea who we are well that i haven't (laughs) met in person and then like but i'm like a fan of their material and i'm like hey like you know i do this podcast it's a little raunchy but it's fun and he's like you're one of the chan rank guys aren't you i'm like nailed it Yeah, yeah, I, I think I said no the first time you guys said, like, would you like to be on the podcast? I'm like, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, my audience And you're like, quiet. no, really? Yeah. You do. Yeah, it's one of those things where, well, luckily we have, and <laughs> it's so weird, we have like our PR package now of like episodes we'll send people to convince them to come on. Right. It's like <laughs> the, good the good ones. ones the you know? ones. <laughs> it's like, no, no, like we, we definitely, like we didn't throw dildos at Murray Blair when he came on. Like he was fine. <laughs> like we kept it down. But we do occasionally throw dildos, but we save those for, you know. for... For Blair, did they have like a USB connection or were they... I think he was on a <laughs> Razor cell phone. He's making a very inside joke about the Blair Channer, I think, here. Yes, yes, I was. Somebody got it. So. Somebody out there. I can't afford a Blair Channer. Are you fucking kidding me? I've right only now? seen one because Rich I Bill has I can't afford one. one either. People, like, because I have the video where I unbox a Blair Channer. And, like, so people want to ask me all the questions all day long about it. It's like, it's a brilliant thing. I, I can't swing one myself. Like, I unboxed it and then gave it to the student at the end of that filming and i have not seen it since so i don't i don't know how they work oh see so that that will lead into one of our later questions about product reviews but but before we get into it <laughs> okay yeah please. um we gotta get Who through some am i uh, uh yeah uh, you know we'll we'll get into that when we when we start your interview for now we're going to do some of our uh, emails and voicemails that came through and feel free to chime in because that's one of the most fun parts about having a guest as they get to uh chime in on the lunatics that send us stuff oh my god <laughs> so first off <laughs> i want to thank we have some new patrons uh matt and megan who joined and also uh april and peter who i believe are fans of yours who are probably joining to watch right now so if you're in the audience uh april peter matt and megan cheers on you thank you for joining us hey April, how you doing easy there boy oh sorry <laughs> down down boy <laughs> And uh, we actually got a voicemail from the one and only Mr. Rabby the Pooh. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. So I'm very excited. Um, let me cue this up. Lads, how are yous? It's Miss Elf, Rab, Cuddly Pooh Bear. I just have some commentary, really, on your last spate of episodes. Uh, can I just say that the Instagram Live you guys done uh, during the recording of one of your episodes of Poor Andy passed out on the table and then 
having a little doze, let's just say that, uh, was absolute Instagram gold. I have to say it was the most fun I've ever had viewing anything on Instagram. I honestly say my sides were sore with laughter. Absolutely brilliant. (laughs) Poor wee sleepy Andy. He had a hard episode, bless him. Can I also say that the episode that you had with Adele was absolutely epic. Although, yes, she did manage to chant around herself and her phone battery went dead. It would be awesome to get her back on the show again and actually, uh, you know, go through those Northern Ireland slang terms and stuff. Because, yeah, I'd be interested to see everyone's take on it. Also, I want to issue you guys with a bit of a challenge. Now that you had your battle of competing against each other on the instrument of your choice... I now want to challenge you to learn an instrument that isn't your choice. Myself, I've been a drummer in the piping world now for I don't know how many years, possibly 30 plus at this point. But this last year, since October of last year, I've been learning how to pipe. Yes, Andrew Shilladay has been giving me piping lessons and just this last two months maybe, I have been trying to struggle my way from practice chanter on to bagpipes. I want to know if you guys will take up the challenge. And, you know, within 10 to 12 (laughs) months, I would like to see if you guys could, you know, strap on a drum, a tenor drum even. Yeah, because you give Adele a hard time. Or a bass drum or an instrument that you don't normally play. Um, Yeah, just like to see if you guys could take up the challenge. Try playing an instrument that isn't yours. And just to see if you enjoy the process. Anyway, guys. I'll catch up with you again. Keep the amazing episodes coming, lads. <laughs> Hashtag one of the six. <laughs> Cheers, Rabby. <clears throat> well, Rab, as you well know, I took up drumming, I don't know, a year or two ago now, and then gave up quickly because we got drummers and I don't need to do it anymore, so F that shit. And then Josh is still working on learning pipes. So Yeah, no, I know. You really want to throw another instrument at me right now? <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know about this challenge. Um, I am also learning the Illin pipes, and one of the first things I'm trying to learn is how to say the goddamn thing. How do you say it? Oh, I usually say it. Yulian, is that not how you say it? I think it's Illin. Maybe Illin? Matt. It's a, I, I've always I L L I N. Um, I had the opportunity to talk with uh, Eric Riggler at length a number of years ago. Brilliant guy, and I didn't know how to say it. So I just kept calling him Irish pipes until I finally got him right. to say it to me because I was not about to like. Do whatever that is. You Lillian pipes. How are the and, and and he said Illin. So if the guy who's made more money playing bagpipes than anyone or everyone put together says Illin, yeah, I'm gonna that's go with, the proper pronunciation. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Illin then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for some reason I, I don't know where I don't know where I got Yulian, but that that's how it was usually pronounced to me. But yeah, I like Illin better because uh them pipes be Illin. <laughs> Sound effect. <laughs> Insert here. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, thank you, Rab, for your voicemail. Um, I don't know, man. Also, can we just give it out for Rab's voice? I mean, that guy is just built for, like, podcasting. Like, he, he just, he, his voice, like, it makes me laugh. It makes me smile. Um, it's just, it's it's great, Rab. And I had a chance to meet him at, actually, Stone Mountain as well. That's which a, is a, a, a very nice way of saying he has a face made for radio, Matt. And I think that's mean. I don't <laughs> think you should, I don't think you should say that about our friend, Rab. Yeah, it's a very backhanded compliment. Bum, bum, here. Bum, we don't appreciate <laughs> <laughs> uh, love you, Rabby. Um, I don't know. I, fuck, man. At this point, what? What? Is, I thought the next challenge was going to be uh, Doogie Tutelage versus K 
Cammy tutelage, but I haven't. I still haven't heard back from Doogie. I've been hounding him like a bastard. Have you? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard from either of those guys. So I guess I'll just go. I'll, I'm just going to start at the very basic of uh, Piper's Dojo, uh, Dojo University, and uh, just just work my way back up. I'm going to pretend like I have no background in piping because uh, that performance basically sounded like that, and then start over. <laughs> it's almost like you yeah. never played before. Yeah. <laughs> you were like one of those. Fireman that comes out on St. Patrick's Day. That's what you sounded like that night. Uh, yeah, but like not paid as well. So, <laughs> Definitely <yeah>. not. <laughs> so I didn't even get that. Um, we have an email from Dan. Uh, it does contain, contain some salty language. Eh, fuck it. Go for it. Do what you need to do. This uh, is not my show. This all is your right. show. Uh, so I warned my people. I think you saw on Facebook. It's like, Dan says, tune in if you're brave. Dan says, hey, you cunts. Just listen to the episode where you guys announced the upcoming kitchen piping competition. I wanted to know if there was a restriction to using GHB or could there be submissions using something else, say like fire fireside pipes. I have a project that I'm working on and would love to submit it when it's done for the competition. On another note, it's been a while since I've written into the show and thought you guys would get a kick out of this as well. Recently, I was asked what the weirdest request I have gotten as a bagpiper. What was the, I'm assuming, weirdest request I've gotten as a bagpiper? This is my response. <clears throat> I've received some very odd requests in the past, playing for dead goldfish, playing Hail to the Chief as a dude dressed up as Uncle Sam danced behind me, but this one was the most awkward. I started an Instagram page for my bagpiping business a few weeks ago. I uploaded a few videos and photos to get the page going, and through utilization of the hashtags, I gained a little bit of a following. One morning last week, I had a message from some random dude in Great Britain asking if I would video chat with him and play my bagpipes for him when I woke up. Super creepy! I politely stated that when I I politely stated that I wouldn't be available that day due to having to work. He re- immediately responded, "When will you be available to complete what I have requested from you?" Question mark exclamation exclamation question mark. So now I'm thinking this dude has just earned himself a one-way bus ticket to Blockville, but I wanted to keep it professional. I started looking at his page and saw several videos of him attempting to play the didgeridoo, the fiddle, and the boran. There were several videos of him mixing techno audio files for clubs and labeling himself as. DJ Drew. It's not me. It wasn't me. <laughs> you, you be DJ Sco. <laughs> I send him another message stating that with my schedule being what it is, I don't think there would be time for us to find a way to video chat, but then ask what the nature of the call was. He's a DJ. Perhaps he wanted an audio sampling. Maybe he was wanting me to wanting me to collaborate on a project with him. He responded, I just really, really like the sound of bagpipes. I told him to get on YouTube. There's no way I was getting on a Zoom call with this dude thousands of miles away for him to watch me play. I could just see it out. I could just see it playing out where I would have to stop mid-set for a hand check on the webcam. And the assumption is this dude's yanking it. One step closer to being blocked, he starts liking all my photos and videos with not one, but two separate profiles. I was starting to think this dude was stalking me until I saw the most recent post on his page. <laughs> it was a video of him talking. His mouth was clenched shut. You could barely understand what he was saying, and he kept looking away from the camera. The hashtag in the caption was autism awareness, and that's when it hit me. Holy fuck, he's not a creeper. He's autistic, and now I'm a class A royal shitbag. (laughs) (laughs) I felt bad for judging him, and I didn't block him after all because fuck, he can't help it, but I'm also not going to video chat with him. Hope you boys got a chuckle out of all this, just like I did after the feeling of burning for all eternity subsided. (laughs) Keep up the good work <laughs> and can't wait to hear what you fucks come up with next. Sincerely, Dan the Man. So This is just like the Angel story. Remember the Angel story? Yes. We talked about that on the show before, yes. but that was a hundred episodes ago probably. But I've I've had this experience as well. When you and I started hitting the internet and I, I started working for the dojo and all that kind of stuff, there's a guy 
on Facebook or something who started following me and like would like spam message me. And there's another person as well that does this, another female. And it's, it took me a little bit to figure it out that they're just something, you know, I don't know, challenged, mentally challenged. And they just yeah. love bagpipes. And at first I would just write back to them. I'm like, Oh, Oh boy, this is going the wrong way. <laughs> this has definitely happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to Matt. Cause he's super all over YouTube now. Um, you, you have any uh, strange fans or things out of the ordinary? Yeah, what well, kind of weird requests do you I, get, Mr. Be, Prolific YouTuber? Well, well, well I, that's two actually separate questions because the weirdest request had nothing to do with the YouTube stuff. Um, a, a local mega church, and I won't name it, uh, but in the Dallas area, puts on an amazing Christmas spectacular. It's a, it's I've seen some footage from it. It's, it's quite the the thing. Uh, they wanted me to play Illin pipes, which I do do. To some degree, you know, I can be plaintive and soulful on them. You know, I'm, I'm not going to rip out some jigs or anything at this point. But they want me to be suspended from the sky in a chair and like have like sky aerial acrobatics around me while I'm also being moved in a chair playing Illin pipes. Um, and I was like, in my head's like, there's no way I do this. So I threw out some redonkulous number and they're like, sure. <laughs> like there, there was not even like it's like and you know that feeling it's like ah oh, man like i could have added a zero i feel like they answered so fast um luckily uh, when they looked into insuring this whole thing because i couldn't be strapped down in the chair the way they needed to and still be like able to play the whole thing luckily just couldn't happen because i i don't do like amusement park rides like i'm not that's not my thing <laughs> i'm happy to watch everyone's purses call me whatever you want like hey cool you go get sick. I'm going to get a beer and watch your stuff. And I promise you, I'm having more fun than you. So to me in the sky, that's a bad idea. So I'm glad it didn't go through. But it would have been a nice paycheck. But that has to be aerial acrobatics on an Illin pipe in the sky has to be the strangest <laughs> request I've done. That is scarily close to your James Bond experience. Yes, I, I did exactly this, Matt. Uh, really? Okay, 15 please. years ago or something like that. And I'm sure I've told this, but I was hired to play the one of the James Bonds. I mean, it was Quantum of Solace. I don't remember which one, but it was like 15 years ago or so. And they were doing a big event here in Vegas for it. They hired me to play Highland Pipes, but I was suspended on this platform at the MGM Grand Arena, 15 feet above the floor as all these people were coming into the arena from dinner. And then as I was as they were coming in, I was being raised up into the rafters as I was playing <clears throat> and I did it because were you strapped I'm assuming they strap you in oh yeah, yeah you're strapped yeah, you got this, yeah, like a you're standing on this metal pole and then they're strapped in you got this whole shoulder thing yeah. it's all under my uniform so it's like coming out the back of me <laughs> like, we used to have to do that like when I was working doing sound tech stuff whenever we had to do like light changes on the cherry picker you had to have like the thing you had to have the harness oh, yeah. with the thing that will stop you like right before you hit the ground so you right. still hit the ground but not as hard <laughs> no I had all that and the fun part was the way to get out was I had to go up through the rafters to get off this thing so they raised me all the way up and then they took like i'd hand my pipes up to the Did guys you go and, commando for that one just oh, just definitely. for the shit of it <laughs> that would have been funny and then you, you had to climb this ladder to get off the platform into the rafters but it was a rope ladder so uh, <laughs> so you're like <laughs> with your pipes well i handed the pipes to go no, no, yeah. yeah but i'm in a kilt in those shoes on a rope ladder, oh, ladder. <laughs> trying to climb into the rafters it was insane yeah Fortunately, i think that's why i'm afraid of heights now but Oh, you were before that. 
Go ahead, Matt. That just sounds like one of those stories, like, you know, like you have to go through the fire to get through the fire kind of things. <laughs> like, like even when you're done, you just have to keep going up. There yeah. is no down. <laughs> yep. Nope. The only way only out through. is the through. The only way out is through, yeah. That's exactly correct. And they, I never had to do a practice run of actually getting off the platform into the rafters. They just said, that's what you're going to do. That's what you're going to do. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> you should have just you should have just like been like fuck that give me a fast rope. And- <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. so, so, so Andrew, like you got to like you know like the only way is through, and you can make that mean whatever you want. That has to be like your solo album or your first book or whatever. <laughs> the only way out is through the Andy Fusco story. <laughs> yeah, I thought my story my book was going to be called "It's Getting Awfully Gay in Here." I thought, I thought I thought your book was gonna be called "It Hurts When I Pee." <laughs> no, that's just the, that's just my theme song. <laughs> so we have another email. This is from a different Dan, um, and I'm going to send it over to Scout. Oh fuck! Okay, sorry. Dan says, uh, "Hey guys, have to say I've been enjoying the quarantine episodes. I think you guys have risen to the occasion. While others are wallowing in self pity and waiting to get killed by a big meteor, you guys are keeping people engaged with the stuff that matters." Piping and dick jokes. <laughs> Got to keep the flame alive. <laughs> Thanks for keeping. It's <laughs> Got our number. The the flame, the burning in my pee part. I think is what it's the, herpa, the herpagonosyphilates. <laughs> Anyway, thanks for keeping it real with the informal competition. You showed up, did what you said you were going to do, and took your lumps. Well, I said what I did what I was going to do. Josh never finished, but that's no, okay. I, I did I did a third <laughs> of what I said I was going to do. As someone who's driven three hours to play in front of a judge in a storage closet of a rinky-dink grade four competition, only to, <laughs> only to choke out in the second line of a 2-4, I appreciate that Josh at least got to tell the judges to shut the fuck up. <laughs> How many grade one pipers can do that? And Andy is a model of a gracious winner. He stood up for his opponent, lent him an instrument, and got obliter- obliterated before the results were even in. This is the way. Looking forward to your episode with Matt Willis. The guy is actually useful. Cheers, Dan. Is that the same Dan that sent the other one? No, these are. I think these are two different Dans. Uh, but yeah, uh, or maybe it's the same Dan. I don't, I don't, I don't know, know just, man. There's too many Dans. Too many of our uh, Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know if you've uh, been following the exploits of the Chain Rant podcast recently, Matt. But uh, we had our our head to head contest on World's Day, and I literally couldn't get my pipes to play past my two four. Yep. Due to, due to poor <laughs> maintenance, we had an amazing opportunity. To be judged by I have three some world on class, that you might want to check. Oh out, no, I've right? started the Command Your Bagpipe series. Uh, <laughs> I've been I've been enjoying it. That's a great idea because Matt's got some amazing content out there. I'm just taking all the help I can get at this point because I'm like, man, remember back when I could actually play? <laughs> Those are the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we had an amazing opportunity to be judged and commented on by three world class players: Andrew Doogie Douglas. Uh, Cam Drummond and well, we uh, had the we had one the opportunity. Of the I forget we had one. the opportunity to be judged by world class players like Glenn Brown and Cameron Drummond, and also Andrew Douglas was there. <laughs> he was there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Uh, and then we completely uh, we chanteranted ourselves. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it'll happen. Hey, you had you had they had to see it coming. <laughs> they had to. <laughs> But, uh, you know, playing for Sheets got some good free promo, so I... Well, know. it's funny, too, the amount of people that have reached out because they're like, oh, yeah, like, I choked one time on this thing. So, uh, Matt, you know, you're a prolific solo player. Like, what was your what was your worst choke? Oh, God. Well, so, I mean, I got out of the, the competition solo scene in 2005, I guess it was. Smart man. Uh, I had the opportunity to uh, start playing with a Celtic rock band, and that's a lot more fun. <laughs> uh, Accurate. <laughs> Way better chicks, but too. It also, <laughs> but it gives you these um, opportunities to basically be playing solo 
all of the time. Like when you're the only bagpiper on stage uh, and something doesn't go right and you forget a, a note or a part or a, a whatever, like there ain't nothing. You know, it's like because, yeah, you know, being in a pipe band, which I had a lot of experience doing, you know, so, you know, just briefly not to get into the whole bio, but like I started uh, learning with the Silver Thistle Pipes and Drums in Austin in 98. And I played with them from around 2000 when I was finally good enough to actually do something until 2005, early 2005. And then I, I moved on to some Celtic rock stuff after that. Um, so I had a couple of years of, of experience with the, the pipe band thing where, you know, you disappear and you blend and all that. And then I'm in this Celtic rock world where like that's not true at all. And you're just out there like um, you might as well not have your kilt on because like <laughs> it's just you and the world. And um, so even then, I, I thought I was up to the occasion, but I, I purposely kind of kept the parts easy and everything else. And then um, I wrote. In fact, I, I recently posted the tune um, that I did. Uh, it was called like a rustic wind. And it was in one of the, the Kildare songs. And the night we debuted the album, and it was at the, I'm pretty sure the Granada Theater or the Kessler Theater, two big theaters in, in Dallas, is it one of those? Anyways, I was all ready. Everything was great. I was going to go into it. I hadn't realized that the tune before, because um, tuning's like super important when you're playing with other people, like in some ways more important than like Highland bagpiping. And I had to be an equal temperament, all this other crap. Um, I To get a good C natural, I, have to ta- I had to tape the, the hole a lot. Like even fork fingering it, it wasn't good enough. Um, so I had it taped and then I forgot to take the tape off. And then I went into what was supposed to be this badass solo. And every time I go to a C, it's a C natural. And so, and like I had just written this song like six weeks before. And like I'm out there, there's two and a half thousand people in the audience or something. And I can't play like one of the most dominant notes in the entire thing. And so like I just start riffing on other things um <laughs> i'm playing against a kind of like a freeform jazz ensemble experience and i get to the end of it and uh, I, I just like i had no moisture in my face like my lips were instantly chapped um my the contacts were going to pop out of my eyes like i had no fluid left in my face after that i was i was floored i was i was so sickened by what happened um, so, yeah, I've choked, like, in, you know, the Krunlua part of the Pibrock. I've done some other stuff, and that sucks. But, like, it was my darn fault that, like, I put a piece of tape on the channel. I was dumb enough to not take it off. And I hosed what was supposed to be, like, this amazing pipe solo moment I'd been building for for weeks. And then I just kind of doodle on some notes that aren't in the key <laughs> in front of a few thousand people. So, let's say, wasn't, they, wasn't that, like, a wasn't that a stew little trick where he would, like, take yes. down and then, like, rip it off halfway through? Yes, he does that, yeah. It's it's awesome, but he did it on purpose. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 the on purposeness of it is the thing that really really sells. So so when you were doing Celtic rock, uh, like did you obviously did you play like an electric pipe? Did you play a B flat? Uh, the, the later years, and I'm actually still in a, a band, uh, a slightly smaller scale one called Rathmore. Now I was in the Kildares, which was you know C plus B minus level band in, in North America. We we had, you know some moderate success. Uh, and they retired in 2016 and, uh, it was a great run. I joined in, uh, 2004 and did it for, uh, 12 years there. So it was great. And I was on a number of albums. It's what's on the wall. If anyone's ever looking at it or a couple of the records I've been on. Uh, and, and it was awesome being able to, to do all that. And up until I guess 2014, I was on an acoustic pipe. I started with a Hamish Moore, a 440 Channer, uh, and it tuned rather well. 
but it sound it didn't sound like a bagpipe. Like like I I couldn't put a reed in it that had that like crack and that like punch of of the pipes, but it tuned well and readily. Uh, I moved on to some McClellan uh, early McClellan 440 channers, and one in particular sounded great, and uh, it's one I recorded on the most. But the finger spacing was abysmal. Like, but <laughs> it, it had to do what because you're trying to bring the notes into tune, yeah. and it was even tempered and everything else. Um. And, you know, I messed around with mic positions and everything else. It took, you know, a, a lot of work to make an acoustic pipe work. I tried to, like, get the drones going for a while, but ultimately in Celtic Rock, you can't have drones. So I just ended up corking that set of pipes from the inside and not worrying about it. And then I stayed in A and just did the acoustic pipe thing for a number of years. And then uh, I saw uh, Gaelic Storm and Peter Purvis playing with a set of red pipes. And I was like, I- I'm not going to say it sounded like the real thing. But the fact that it was perfectly in tune, like the sound check took like 20 seconds to make sure there was a line. Like, it's like, dude, like I'm sold. So I got in touch with, you know, uh, Rolf Yost or whatever from Germany and uh, got a set and kind of for at least live performances with the bands, I've been doing uh, electronic pipes. And it's cool because like I can play in all sorts of keys now. The yeah. bad thing is like when I go to record, I either have to pitch shift an acoustic pipe or literally record an electronic pipe because it's like I'm playing an E flat. You know, it's like, oh, but the, yeah, that's not really available to us, is it? Yeah, I, I I go back and forth, and we ask a lot of people that come on the show about, like, what their rig is, because I don't know, man. Like, there, I have heard some decent electric pipes, but I've also heard pipes And, and to go back to the blare, and, like, like, the sound coming out of that blare is is great. It's, it's the best uh, Highland bagpipe sound I think I've heard. Now, I don't understand fully why um, we can't, get the Highland pipes electronically to quite sound right yet. Cause I think like on the Inland pipes, like I did a review on the Warble or whatever, using one of the synth pads that's available for like three bucks on an iPad. Mm-hmm. You, you stick an acoustic guitar and a drum under that. You, you would have to be a piper to not know that that was no, no, that not was real. a real, and a, but the Highland pipes, it's like, Oh, that's a good electronic, you know, Highland bagpipe. Mm. Like yeah. We haven't, we haven't, that we're in that. What, what, what's the, 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 like with CGI, like it's, it the, almost it's the uncanny looks valley of bagpipes. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that's where the Highland bagpipe still, I think, resides. With the Blair getting the closest, but I still think it's in the valley. Yeah, it's yeah. just weird. Red pipes are not bad, though. I've heard some good ones. Aaron Shaw does some pretty good stuff with red pipes on recordings, usually. Yeah, I, I don't. I think he I've plays. I think he still plays live. He's, he plays real pipes live most of the time, but occasionally he brings them out. But uh, <clears throat> I don't know. They, you know. I think I think where people they're get okay. into trouble when they're doing electronic pipes in like a live performance, right? Is uh, maybe you have like a good set of electronic pipes and you're getting a good sound out of it, and you're like, let me throw a chorus pedal on this and let me like let me plug this into a wah wah and let me do like do all this great, and that's when it starts to get like okay, this is obviously like really modulated and weird. Well, yeah, but they're not trying to hide it at that point. I think yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know that you should ever try to hide it, right? Like, I mean. Well, well, that's a great point. So, like, with the the rig I play now, I have two sets of red pipes. I have a Caledonia, you know, so it looks like the business. And I have the classic, which does not. And it's the classic that's just like the, the freaking whale kidney you stick under your arm, you know? It doesn't, yeah. you know, there's no blowpipe. It doesn't or move or anything. You just... And so, like, if I'm playing in, like, a super weird key that's, like, clearly not Highland pipeable, or I want the sound to be, I mean, like, a sitar, like, I'm not fooling anybody when I pick up the classic one that I'm playing a real bagpipe. Yeah. And now I'll never lie to anybody when they come up to me after a show and want to look at my setup. You know, I'll, I'll show them that they're both actually exactly the same. 
Well, you know, and, but for an acoustic guitar and electric guitar are both guitars. Like at the end of the day, you know, I mean, you know, with a woodwind instrument, I guess with piping, it, there there's a lot more purists out there. But like, you know, I can I could plug that fucking Fender electric in, or I could play that Seagull acoustic, and they're still both guitars. It's just what thing do you need for the job at hand? What sound are you going yep. for? And and I think at the end of the day, I felt the thing that was most important was, I mean, intonation cannot be overstated like being in tune is crazy important and when you're playing with non-bagpipes you know instruments that like stay in tune i mean imagine that just give it a moment think about it (laughs) there are other instruments that will stay in tune for decent lengths of time uh, and you have to play along with them um i will put up at least for the live environment i'm going to put up with an electronic whatever so that i can be in tune and i can worry about my performance i can worry about you know that both being fingers audience engagement everything else when i was back in the day i had like a piazza pickup going to like a freaking chord tuner that i had like bolted to my blowpipe stock and i would basically play half the show just staring at the tuner to like am i in tune or not because with all the sound on stage like i couldn't really i was close but i didn't know until i i fixed got that rig up but that's not a terribly engaging show. Oh, look at that bald guy. Look at his tuner. <laughs> well, the other thing you run into <laughs> that, that, is like... That's awesome. That's you why know, you're at the show. If you're running a 30, 45-minute set, like, you don't you want to get as many songs in in that time as you can. You don't want to play a five-minute song, then have five minutes of bagpipe tuning, then play a five-minute song, or maybe maybe have a five-minute song, five-minute song, then five minutes of bagpipe tuning. Like, you got to you gotta kind of work the audience there. You know, you can't slow yeah, down. Yeah. Wh- and what we would do when I was full acoustic all the time, like we would have two, three songs and then, and they are songs literally because, you know, they're yeah. actual people singing and other things. And then there'd be a song where there are no pipes and I would like go wander backstage, which was another great story when I forgot to turn off my mic. And, <laughs> um, and we were dealing with the in-house sound guy who had no idea how to mute my channel. <laughs> And so I'm like playing like friggin' Highland Wedding, you know, back, you know, getting everything working, you know, over something. So good times. That was a, was a great show. People really enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, that's it's just it's such an interesting thing. I don't know, man. Like I, I think that I used to be more of a purist on it, but as long as it's like doesn't sound terrible and it works with everything else, I don't know. I don't know where I stand. I move around a lot on this issue. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> Um, as, as a musician and person who's played in bands, I understand how important it would be to just have an instrument that you can like play through a whole set. Yes. Yeah, it would be amazing. But uh, Matt, we have a question from the audience that would like to know from Chuck. He says, if the Kildares were to get back together, would you want to be part of it? Kildeers. That's an, Kildeers? The, the, Kildeers? the Kildeers. No, um, the Kildares was the name of the band. Uh, K-I-L-L-D-A-R-E-S. Um, would I want to be part of it? I don't know. Uh, and it's it's not for the reasons you might think. Uh, I mean, I was sad to see the band retire. You know, um, there were the band had been around for 20 years. The Kildare started uh, actually the same year I started learning pipes, which was 96. Um, and so 20 years in and the kind of the founding member and uh, some other folks, they were ready to kind of move on to other stuff. Totally cool. If they wanted to get back together, it was a lot. It was a big time commitment. And at the time, it was a lot of exposure for me, and it was some money. Now, with like what I'm doing with the YouTube stuff, that's a much harder question because, like, I feel like I'm for one thing. Like, I have my degree in education. Like, that's teaching people, and I was a theater major before that. So, like, 
I'm a ham bone on camera because I was kind of trained to do that. Then I got my degree in teaching and I love bagpipes. So that all kind of comes together in the YouTube. So I, I feel like YouTube's like the best platform for me to be my best professional self where I can kind of bring all of my skills together to something that like, and it's clearly like uh, people are finding it entertaining or they're finding it educational or both. Um, and, and the response has been like mind boggling, like overwhelming. I, I don't understand it, but I, I'm, of course I'm very happy. But if I were to join a band, whether it's the Kildares or another band that was like touring like that, cause you know, that was back, you know, you're on the road for oh, sometimes weeks at a time, you know, which isn't nothing for like a major what rock outfit that might be on the road for six months at a time. But, you know, this wasn't glamorous and tour buses. This was, you know, an E350 that I was driving going to a <laughs> Motel 6, you know, where there'd be sometimes three people in a room and you would just like draw straws and who slept in the bathtub. You know, that's this is not That's the glory. life, baby. Um, so would I do it? I, I actually think I'd have to long term say no. I think short term, if, if there was the opportunity to do something like that, I'd probably want to not like say no and then the whole thing dies if i could like help get it started again but at the same time kind of look at the world and now i feel like i have a pretty big audience find someone else that is interested in doing that and then work with that person and then get them into that job so that i can get back to kind of the task at hand which is the what i'm doing which you know i'm having a blast at i, I mean I'm, I'm having so much fun um so there's kind of a really long answer to not that long of a question, but that's okay. We're going to, we're going to get some longer answers. Cause I personally have a lot of questions about your current endeavors when it comes to uh, your channel and kind of what, where you see it going. Uh, we're going to get through a little more business first. Please. Yes. Uh, first things first, we have a, our September raffle. Yes, we do. Everybody knows if you're a patron, uh, we raffle off one piece of merch a month. So our winner this month is. Michael Sewell. Sewell? Is that how you pronounce it? He was one of our patrons that joined us thanks to Trevor. Oh, thanks to Mr. Takashi. So, Michael, if you're on this show, uh, if you're listening right now, or if you hear this later, we'll, we'll send you a message I'm going to send you an well. email anyway. But, uh, yes, you have won our raffle. You can pick one piece of merch that we will send to you. Should we talk about what's new on the merch store? Well, yes. So we do have new merch, although I don't know. Because he, he might be able to choose something cool. He might like I'll, that new, one of those new items. Do, do we have pillows? Yeah. No, we I don't mean, have really. pillows yet. We do uh, have okay. fleshlights, though. <laughs> no, we don't have fleshlights. We have, we have the molds. We have the Andy Fuko fleshlight. Yeah. No, wait, no, no. Sorry, the uh, ass light. Yeah. <laughs> the black <Sorry>. light. <laughs> Uh, oh, wow. We do have some new merch to, to choose from. Actually, we've added recently to the store the Secret 6 T, which is part of our new line of Secret 6 hardware. So it does not explicitly say Chanarant on it. Uh, so anybody that listens will know what will it is. Know. Yeah. So like I think this one, it's it's six chanters, and like one of them's red and the rest of them are gray right. on a black T-shirt. So it's people will know that you're one of the six without you explicitly saying you're yeah. one of the six. So when you show up to a contest and... That a hole judge is looking at you with your t shirt on. He does, he won't be like, oh, that guy gets last because he's wearing Chanarant. No, it doesn't say Chanarant no. anywhere on he's, it. It doesn't say hashtag one of the six. It's just secret six. He, he has no idea what that is. He's so like, we oh, have, uh, six Channers. That's cool. We have a whole line of secret six, secret six merch coming out um, because we're snakey snakey. <laughs> uh, the other thing we have that uh, I'm so glad we finally get to offer because there have been requests is we have the first ever Chanarant all over print bikini. We it, do. It comes in white with white trim or white with black trim. 
Now, um, now, Josh and Andy, which one of the two of you is going to be modeling that for the store? That's the question. No, no, no. It's definitely going to be creepy Rob McCallum. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be either <laughs> Rob, Sco, or Ma- uh, God, we can all hope they maybe Mary Queen of Legs. But oh, God, please. That'd be a big hopeful. That'd be amazing. Uh, yeah, so the CR Bikini, it's uh, just got Channer print across it. And uh, yeah, it's yeah, go to channerhead.com. Check out the new merch. Check out the store, baby. Listen, all you guys out there, you want this bikini. I'm telling you, buy it for your girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever you're into it doesn't matter <laughs> this will be the, the slideshow at the episode 200 will just be a bunch of people <laughs> male and female in shanaran bikinis i can't wait <laughs> uh one thing about the secret 6t is actually our cheapest shirt right now yeah, is it actually, really yeah we got a screaming deal on that one so i think it's only 20 bucks for the secret 6t yeah man go get it and michael sewell you can you can ask for it for free if you want to. that's buddy. true he can he can get one for actually free. that'd be great because then it'll cost us less to actually do it so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also if you have Channerat merch, take a good picture and send it to us. We'd love to share those. Absolutely. Uh, the only things we got going on. The Winter Storm Part 1 video was made free to the public this week. Mm-hmm. And the Part 2 video is live for patrons. So for those of you that are in the audience right now, you can check out the Part 2 video. Let us know what you think. The Part 1 video is open for everybody. And it's back to old school Josh and Andy shenanigans. Oh, yeah, man. It's our trip to, to Winter Storm in 2019. Yep. And, all, and the origin of Dilly. Yeah, that's true. I, I haven't posted the origin of Dilly yet. That's going to be, a, that's gonna be a separate video. Oh, okay, okay. It's going to be a totally but, separate thing. But this is where Dilly came from was this yeah. trip. So. And yeah, it's, uh, it's it was fun. It was fun to get back into the swing of that, you know? I mean, it was a lot of work, but... I'm sure it was. <laughs> it was a lot of work, but it was, I was like, oh man, I remember we used to do this all the time. These great videos that now Matt has taken over the internet with instead of us. Although, <laughs> Matt, have you done a comedy bit yet? I haven't noticed this. No, not not per se. I mean, I try to sneak in a couple little things in a couple of videos. Like I have a Titanic sinking kind of meme thing in one, and John Candy. Like when I'm doing the metronome watch, I do the John Candy plane trains and automobiles, trying to, <laughs> you know, do the Casio watch to get into the motel, and they say good night, sir. Oh, I, I try yeah, to yeah. fit in a few <laughs> things, but like a full on. It's a again because branding is so important in in these late you know twenty teens and twenty twenty and whatever. Sure. Uh, like if I was just to go out and put something like just ridiculous and not like on some sort of whatever, I think people would go like, eh, yeah, no. <laughs> Leave that to the okay, channel. Like I have like four Illin pipe videos and they get tons of views and I lose 12 to 15 subscribers every time I post one. Really? Is it like you think it's Illin pipe players that are like, <laughs> this guy sucks. Fuck this guy. No, it's Highland pipe players. It's like I didn't I didn't sign up for this to see like, you know, that <laughs> no, not like this thing. No. Like, <laughs> I thought this guy was going to play like, you know, freaking, you know. Highland you know. Wedding for the 17 million time. <laughs> I thought this guy was going to show me how to do a Terluth. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, Josh, you might want to watch that video. I don't no, know. No, just grips. My right. Terluths oh, yeah, grips. are. Yeah, your Terluths are great. Yeah, supposedly good. My Terluths and my Burls apparently crisp. <laughs> grips apparently shite. <laughs> hey, that's how it goes. We uh, yeah, real, we're going to take a break here in just a minute. But before we do, uh, tease. He's in the time. Yeah, man. Not, I mean, not to downplay Matt Willis, of course. He's a wonderful guest. Probably the one of the bigger bagpipers probably, on YouTube. Other than the, the mo- fucking yeah. shitheads of bagpiping goddesses or whatever they're called. But uh, <laughs> we have some, we have our biggest month ever. That's starting true. Starting today with Matt Willis. Starting today with Matt. For the next four weeks or five weeks, whatever the and fuck And ending is. most likely the first weekend of October. Yeah, after that the nuclear bombs hit so we don't we don't need to schedule we don't need to worry about it yeah Yeah. but um so we have some big guests coming up yeah very big we're gonna announce it uh probably next week we'll announce who it is but until then i will be quiet as a mouse yes please don't 
blow it for us, please. Mice are really noisy. Have you lived with a mouse? They <laughs> um, squeak. You could sometimes hear them chewing. That's a weird saying. Like, you know, like you have to go to bed and you're not about to stomp on it, but like, <sighs> mouse. No, I, no, I certainly wouldn't stomp on, a, stomp on a mouse. They're cold. Those mice just need sweaters. Yeah. They just, they just want to be loved. It just needs to be a mouse that wears people clothes. <laughs> <laughs> They want to be loved like everyone else. Now, but anyway. Now, are we bringing this around to Stuart Little? Or are we like... We're going to bleep that, right? <laughs> yeah, bleep that. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Um, so, yeah. good. Lots of good stuff coming up lots on the Chanter stuff. Podcast. Uh, we're excited. We have, our, we have the Chanter Rant uh, review of our, so- our association's first Zoom meeting. Yeah, that's coming up in September because I did find out they are going to post it onto the website. Oh, it'll super. probably take six months for it to get posted. That's okay. But Just I did like results. I did email and ask the question. They said it will be posted, so we can review and go into the great details of why this was nonsense. But we'll there talk were about some that. good bits. There were some things that I appreciated, but yes, there's also we, some theater. We there's a lot of theater. <laughs> I did find out that they are applying next year's funds for bands. To, to next year. Yes, which or thank this God. Soloists got, have to get fucked. Yeah, soloists, they uh, gave you the big middle finger. Yeah, soloists get fucked. Uh, they're not giving you your money back. They've already spent it. But bands, <laughs> it applies to next year. So that's Excellent. pretty cool. Because, so you know, they only have... Never mind. We'll get into that next year. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll get into that next We'll day. get there. We don't even talk about uh, So we're going to take a quick break, do some ads for our sponsor for this episode. Uh, if you're in the stream, feel free to stick around. Then we'll and watch get- us and watch us fuck up the ad seventeen times in a row, <laughs> and then we're gonna actually talk talk to Matt about what's really important. Well, yeah, I got some deep dive questions on his channel and you know, kind of the motivations behind it because as a person who's done this kind of stuff before, I know how thankless it can be. Oh my god, yeah. But <laughs> hey, he makes fifty bucks on YouTube every six months. He makes negative eight hundred dollars <laughs> in time. <laughs> Somehow he owes YouTube money. <laughs> I don't know how that happens. Like, there's going to be an ad right now, you know, all you children that want to be YouTubers, go to college, do something else with your life. Don't (laughs) owe a corporation money for giving them 50 hours of your week. (laughs) Exactly. Don't don't, uh, spend all your time creating content for someone else's platform. Right. Yeah. (laughs) But those are questions we'll get to. Oh, absolutely. So uh, we will catch you all right after these words from our sponsors. This episode of the Chanaran Podcast is brought to you by McClellan Bagpipes, North American artesian bagpipe maker Roddy McClellan from East Scotland. Fusco, tell us about these pipes. These things are heirloom quality. Is that a word, heirloom? I, I think it's know. heirloom. Oh, whatever, but they're like my un- heirloom tomatoes. <laughs> they have unparalleled beauty. Uh, they're more than a musical instrument. They're a work of art, so you definitely want to check these things out. Check out McClellan Bagpipes today at bespokebagpipes.com. That's bespokebagpipes.com. And we are back. Thank you for everyone who uh, hung out while we took our quick ad break. And thank you to McClellan Bagpipes for sponsoring this episode of the Chanaran Podcast. That's so crazy. We have a real sponsor now. It's amazing. Yeah. Finally. McClellan makes some good stuff, too, man. I got like a 2001 McClellan practice channer that everyone wants, and he doesn't make them anymore. Well, somebody finally grew the balls to do an ad read on the channel podcast and they're going to see dividends from this they will absolutely yeah like i don't know what those are going to be but listen i've talked to the guys behind the scenes at mcclellan and they've got some really cool stuff planned for the future yeah. i can't wait to talk about it so uh fusco if you will switch us right back oh. to the interview screen i'm going to interview our guest a bit all right we are transitioned so matt willis bagpiper esquire <laughs> Whoa! Dude, 
Indeed. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, the third movie was pretty good, by the way. Oh, like, I'm looking I, forward to it supremely. I did watch it. I enjoyed it. But I was very drunk at the time, but I did enjoy it. That's okay. I'm, it's a true I'm, sequel. It's a true <laughs> sequel to the other ones. It's right, tonally. So perfect. I, I know what I'm going to be for Halloween this year. Bill and, Bill and Ted or death? Uh, Bill's daughter. Well, uh, no, so you're going to be you're going to be Bill's daughter. And Matt will be dead. I mean, Matt's I'm definitely dead. come on. Like, that's three so, out of five. It's an easy. It's an easy makeup for Matt. Uh, so Matt, I gotta say, man, uh, one of the reasons I want to bring you on the show is because like I came across your channel, and I was like, holy shit, this is actually pretty good. Not just in like uh, production quality, obviously, but like you know the content was good. I thought I watched I watched a good amount of the videos. I'm like, holy shit, this is actually, a person knows what the fuck they're talking about. Uh, and I and I thought, who the fuck is Matt Willis? Yeah, you thought you're like, hey, hey we're Matt gonna have Matt Willis. Willis. Yeah. I'm like, who the fuck is that? I was like, do your research. <laughs> I was like, do your research for once. You have a week. Oh, actually, no, you had a month because this was this was booked no, a I'm month just, in advance. I'm kidding. I know who he was. And uh, Fusco was like, nah, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna not. But I don't, don't know care. if I know who I am. <laughs> well, your next your next YouTube video that will uh, get thousands of views can be your existential crisis uh, video. <laughs> But I have to ask, uh, what made you, as a piper, decide to... You alluded to it a little bit in the first half of the episode that you felt like you could kind of be more of yourself. But what made you, as a piper, decide, like, oh, I'm going to put in the ridiculous amount of time it's going to take to do all these videos for this channel? Yeah, no, it's a great question. So I have, like, two crazy old videos. Um, Like, one of them is, like, how to, like, hemp your, like, pipes with like one wax temp one unwaxed temp and then i realized after the fact i think like rg hardy literally had the same video up and i hadn't seen it i was like well crap i guess i shouldn't have put that one up but like i just thought that was kind of cool to like run them together and i just like had this idea and i just used the forward facing camera on my you know laptop and recorded it because i wanted to like i haven't heard anyone talk about this i think it'd be cool to share it um and then i guess like to like step back you know pull the curtain back like, I, I had a lot of great instruction as I was going through, but one of the things I felt was kind of lacking from all of it was, like, the kind of technical, real hands-on, like, this is how you do this. Like, as pipers, I feel like we're required to, like, like be our own luthiers, you know? We're our own craftspeople of maintaining this thing. And the uh, answer you normally get is, like, well, you should just stick some string on there. It's like, I'm not sure that's, like, enough of an answer. <laughs> right well, you know and uh, and i've you know dealt with a lot of people people better than me and players bagpipes and like sometimes they're disasters like like they, they you, it's hard to tune joints they're not the right tension between things and it doesn't seem to be getting talked about it wasn't being addressed so i kind of saw there was like this market opportunity to like get businessy but i just kind of saw this gap of knowledge and again, I said, I got my degree in education, so I care about teaching people. It's something that's important to me. And I saw that this was not being addressed. And when it was addressed, it, there was this attitude, and it still, I think, kind of exists in piping of, like, I'm on high and I speak down to you. Like, I, I always viewed, I'd go to a workshop and the Monty Python God would talk to me. <laughs> and then I would look up at it and just kind of nod. And I was like, this just doesn't seem very authentic. I mean, to use authentic was the word. That's kind of a lame word. I don't want to like, you know, like be too touchy-feely about this stuff. But like, it didn't seem very engaging. And it didn't seem like the guy who was telling me this gave a damn if my bagpipe was actually working or not. Um, it was just like, this is how you do it. And it either works or it doesn't. 
And I actually then kept thinking, it's like, well, that's how a lot of the education, especially on the more workshop level, you know, my own, I, I had some pretty good personal instruction um, where they were willing to kind of break things down a little bit more. Uh, but I remember going to workshops and I understand the nature of a workshop. That guy's trying to get hired for another workshop. Believe me, I teach workshops now myself. My job is to get hired for another workshop. Um, but I don't want to just make everyone feel good. I actually want to make them feel kind of bad and then make them feel good about what they then learned. Like, that's really important to me. So, like, the whole channel was kind of, I guess, ultimately, I saw a lack of, I don't know, res respect seems like too harsh of a word, but if there's a spectrum, that a lot of times the people that know stuff tended to disseminate it in a way that I thought was condescending, rude, brisk, brusque, like whatever. And it's like, I want to, like, when I find something out, like when you could do like one strand of hemp and one strand of uh, waxed hemp and unwaxed hemp, I was excited to share that with people because I didn't know that was a thing. I thought it was cool. When I found polyester thread, which is what I'm back to now, um, worked even better. Again, I wanted to share it. So I like the idea of kind of presenting the information in this, like, I learned this cool thing and I want to share it with you rather than I know this thing and you need to learn it from me. Well, I Which think is how it always felt. And we're, you know, I was on the cusp of some participation trophies, some not participation trophies. I'm a bit of a snowflake, but not entirely. I mean, just honestly, like I was in this cusp of a general, I'm 42. I'm at uh, this cusp of like, it, everything was hard and everything was easy. And I don't like being yelled at. I don't want my time wasted either. But like, if I get something wrong, I don't want my bagpipe teacher to literally insult me. Like that, there, there's no reason for that. Like I'm here to get better. Tell me how to get better. But sometimes it can be it, it rude and, and quick to the point where I feel like it's a bit like eh, you don't need to like call my character into question. Like I just I missed that e doubling. And how did I miss that e doubling? What about my e doubling was wrong? Don't just tell me it was wrong and then show me how to do one that's good. That's not terribly useful. Show me what I'm doing and then show me how you you take that and then turn it into this, that's right. What are the steps to go from like this messed up bit that, and you know what, I wouldn't be messing it up if I knew what it even was supposed to sound like. So I also feel like I'm trying to train people's ears. Like what's a doubling supposed to sound like? Especially to a North American audience that didn't grow up with piping or American audience particularly. Or people that don't have prior musical experience. I'm confused. Yeah. Uh, Matt, haven't you ever spent any time with a service band? <laughs> oh, I. I, I spend lots of time with surface bands. In fact, my, my pipe bands Those guys just don't care. <laughs> that doesn't anger you when these guys don't practice and just don't give a shit? Like, Well, no. My job is to make them give a shit. I think My job is to show up, and I've done it. I've made some of these service bands better. I've been at a workshop and taught a group of 11 firefighters how to play a Strauss Bay. Which band and where's the proof? I want to hear about it. <laughs> it, was K, it was KTA 2017, 2018. KTA. I don't know. Or it was 2018. Yeah. And maybe 2018, 2019. I, want, I don't want to get my ears wrong. That's okay. Um, and uh, and Jack Lee was there. So you can ask Uncle Jack. Uh, <laughs> oh. he, he would remember this. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, it was Molly Connell. And in fact, the very curriculum about that, I'm going to put it in a video probably around November. Yeah. Cool. In my schedule, which we can get into the, the whole 
well, plotting I feel like, there. I feel like there's a lot thing. to there's a lot to unpack in that first part, right? Because this is a thing that I've considered before when you talk about kind of the old way of teaching versus the new way of teaching. This is a thing that we've talked to like Doogie at the dojo about before, where there was like this culture of like these gatekeepers, right? And it's like if you spend enough time with these high-end players or if you hire these high-end players come out and do a workshop you can just get these scraps you get these little scraps and these little nuggets because you earned it by paying to be there versus now what we're seeing a lot of and okay let me let me let me picture it this way picture a funnel right a real a big wide funnel with a very tight nozzle was kind of like where it was where you'd have a lot of people pouring shit in and then a few little tidbits dropped out and so you weren't really getting information at a rapid pace or an efficient pace because you couldn't possibly attend all the workshops with all the people who were pros and absorb as much as you can. Right. I think that one of the things with the internet is we have now, we've widened the bottom portion of that funnel, both for better and for worse, in my opinion. Yes, indeed. I think that, one, it's better because now you have potentially good tidbits from access to a lot more of the secrets. You have access to a lot more of the things that you would have to travel to a workshop in SoCal for, for us. Or hire someone to come down and teach you. Correct. One person can learn that and disseminate it via video to a very broad audience on the internet. The problem you have is there's a flip side of that coin where you also have all the bad fucking information that people put out of the internet. I don't know which, I, I don't know which one is better. I'm usually more of like a just put more info out there and disseminate all your secrets to everyone because at the worst case, you just make people better. And at the, you know, I do this when like I do uh, consulting for advertising or communications gigs. You want to go out and get a couple beers. I'll tell you exactly how I'll do everything. If you want to try to do it yourself, you're more than welcome to. But at the end of the day, you're probably not gonna be able to pull it off and you're gonna hire me anyway. Like that's just knowledge that I tend to give away for free. Yeah. Well, not? and I think it's a lot in the, the almost the business model of my thing. Like I, I have people constantly commenting, like you're going to put yourself out of business. But the more videos I put out, the more interest I get from people that want to take lessons with me. Like, it's a very it's very Gary V mentality. <laughs> no, it's it's hundred percent correct. The more you're out there, the more people want to work with you individually. So let's 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 get down to the nitty gritty here. Where do you make your money from? It's obviously is YouTube dollars yes. sweet. No, let's <laughs> say YouTube dollars ain't sweet. Bro. No, we know. No, no, actually, I've I've wanted to put together a video. I, I I haven't done it just because of of time. Because when you have to do screen recordings, that's actually very technically involved. It's it's cumbersome. It's not part of my workflow. How about that? It's more of if a pain I in the ass in setting the camera up. What's that? It's more of a pain in the ass in setting the camera up and talking to it for sure. Yeah, it yeah. is. It, but like, you can't make a camera really see what you're looking at. Like, I don't want to be that. I my production quality is. Um, somebody said on a Joe Rogan, show, it, was, it was Jordan Peterson. So like, I guess now I've been painted with that brush, but uh, Jordan Peterson on Joe Rogan said to Joe Rogan, like your production quality is just good enough. And he didn't mean it as an insult. Well, to get the, to get the point across, I think that's important. I mean, uh, you know, no, you have to have like a bottom line and I'm, I, I hope I'm doing it and I, I do strive to make it better, but I don't strive so much that like, I want to work on my content. I don't want to work on my lighting rig. Like I'll spend some time on that, but like 20 minutes, like I'm not going to spend six hours worrying about what my lighting looks like. Well, yeah. And it's like, not to, not to suck your dick too hard, but I feel like your production quality is really good. I mean, I've, 
I've worked in the industry of doing this kind of shit for years, and yeah, it's it's good quality. And when you're running a run one man show, it's a goddamn nightmare. Yeah, in two videos a week because I've been I've been on a Tuesday Friday schedule for a couple of months now, and I've never since I I really launched the channel in January of uh, 2019. So it's not that old. It's not even two years old that I've really dug in. I have a couple older videos that I've kept on the channel because they were good. The content's good. Um, in fact, what's interesting is my personality in those early videos is a lot more like what you see now. And like the early videos, like I still think they're good, but like I was trying to be a little bit more serious and dialed in than I am. It didn't take me yeah, long to get back to myself. But if you're going to do it twice a week, the most important thing is you have to enjoy doing it, right? And, it, and I do. Yeah, you can't, you can't always do that if you're kind of like, you know, fighting with one hand tied behind your back. And there's nothing script. I mean, I say there's nothing scripted. I, I make my exercises for like my technical exercises, Tarlua video, AB grip to C, whatever they might be. I come up with my exercise and a lot of them are informed. I mean, I started teaching pipes in November of 2001 on the request of Ken Lechte, uh, the, then the pipe major of Silver Thistle Pipes and Drums. Um, the, uh, we were a grade four pipe band at the time. We eventually made it to grade three. Um, and I was part of the pipe core that did that. I felt really good about being a contributing member to a band like that and, and doing that. Um, but I mean, I was asked to start teaching like the Austin Youth Pipes and Drums, which is their like youth contingent. And that started me teaching. And it, it, I felt so strongly about it. I got my degree in just general education after that. Like I, I so enjoy teaching people more than I thought I would that I, I got a degree. Now, I supported myself with bagpipe lessons through school to the point where when I got my degree, I was making more money as a bagpipe lessons teacher than I could as a school teacher, which only talks about how low school teachers are paid. That has nothing to do with how bagpipe teachers are paid. But I was like, well, I never actually got paid to be a school teacher. Like I, I got my degree and then just pursued bagpipes. So I've been teaching bagpipes, you know, for almost 20 years now. Um, so part of it also with all of this was I kind of I, I originally like was the College of Piping Tutor book like so many people. I got rhythmic finger work, which was amazing. And you so got the book. The, what? And you got the book rig, rhythmic finger work. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. I, I've used that book as like a super big whatever. Um, the, the CD of it, I always thought was interesting. Like, like Jim McGilvery, obviously amazing player. Um, I'd love to actually meet him. I've talked to him on the phone. I've bought several bagpipes through his company. I'd love to actually meet him. But the one complaint I always had was in the, like, here's slow and here's faster than you'll ever be able to achieve unless you're a gold medalist. <laughs> yep. It's like, oh, that's, that's useful. Thank you. Like, I've been playing for 25 years. I can't play anything as fast as that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I give this to my students and go, listen to this and try to do that. And they're like, Mr. Willis, can you do that? It's like, no, no, I can't do that. Yeah, I argue that his slow tempo is like in his book, the guide, the tempo guides are like, this is if you're a pretty solid grade three player. Maybe you're starting into the slow tempos. <laughs> like, the, yeah. like the beginner people the I deal with, the beginner people I deal with is like, no, take whatever that number is and half it because nah. you ain't you ain't. The those. beginner people I deal with is like, no, no, no. <laughs> Your right hand ring finger has to cover the hole to make an A. <laughs> well, yeah. But I, my, my bigger point was when I, and then I'm trying to give it in the lessons I'm giving out, like, you know, my Tarlua one. Like, 
when you start learning Tar Lewis on my video, and not to like plug myself, you know, that's not. Well, the this point. is the time and place, it's, sir. Well, then go see my Tar Lewis video. It's a really good video, and uh, no, but. The other thing I found that was kind of frustrating for me, just across the bagpipe continuum, because I, I was I did jazz saxophone as a teenager. That was where I thought my future might be, except I very quickly realized to be a professional jazz saxophone player, you had to be better to a point than I think like my DNA allows as a human. Like, like you have to be outstandingly good. I don't. And this is not to say you can be a half-assed piper and make it. It's just oh, the market was so much smaller. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's all it's all economics of scale when you think about yeah. it. Yeah, and, and I loved Highland Bagpipe music as much as I loved, you know, bebop, you know, hard bebop in particular, you know, uh, jazz, uh, saxophone and trumpet stuff. And it's like, well, but that is like, wow, the bagpipe stuff – like, I, if nothing else, maybe I naturally just did it better. It, it took less effort for me to get good on piping than it did saxophone. So at a certain point, I had to, like, kind of, I mean, I have two saxophones on display in my office over here still. You know, like, but I had to decide, like, I'm going to be a piper because, like, it's not only is the market available, like, and I enjoy it and I love listening to bagpipe music, I also am better at it, at least just internally. Well, I would imagine the jazz saxophone market is very saturated. That's why I <laughs> was that your ding. <laughs> that was my. Saxophone that was, there, there should have been a ding there, though. You're actually not wrong. It actually is very saturated for a place where no one thinks there's uh, any interest. About as saturated like as the air is going to be in here looking with for a job. Ass. Yeah, exactly. I think that uh, yeah. And so what what he's saying is I should give up on bagpipes and go back to guitar, basically. <laughs> I don't know. You weren't but that good at that. I wasn't that good at that either. <laughs> but in the bagpipe world, when it comes to instruction, like so much of it is like, do this slow. Now do this fast. Right. Yes, very much. Now I got a new idea for you. It's a different embellishment. So do that one slow. You know what I want you to do next? Do it fast. Why don't you do it fast? <laughs> well, this is the thing, though. It's changed a lot over the last mm, 10 years, I'd say. Maybe. With like uh, you're, no, you're you're or not wrong. It's overall. definitely changed in the last ten years, and that's a great thing. Like when I started learning twenty years ago, it was exactly that, and now and everything was a secret, and the only way to learn anything was to hopefully catch your pipe major over in the corner doing something, and you like kind of pick up yeah. on it. But not like there's a lot of services, Matt included, Dojo included, other you know maybe there's others. I don't know what, but where they are taking pulling back the curtain a little bit on like all the mysteries of bagpiping. Well, the interest for the in, empowerment of their students. The interest in building a library. I don't know about yeah. that. It's it's like it's the just empowering is, the stu- The more you get people that are good, the more people sound good in public. The more people that want to do it, as opposed to. And not, then the more people hear good bagpiping, and then they want to hire more bagpipers. Right. And the whole thing starts, you know, just gathering speed, right. getting larger, and there's more opportunities for everybody. So I hate the. You know, um, I mean, you know, harp. Here's a little. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, no, it's it's incredibly more efficient to create a body of work that people can access over multiple years instead of like, let me travel to each band individually to give out the nuggets. But that's better for the teacher. Yeah. Yeah, but fuck the teacher. Get a real job. Like I'm not saying that's. I'm just saying this is why it was the way it was. Become become a plumber because they had they had control of the information, and it was in their best interest. I still think it's a small minded because I've been 
Um, I've been a full-time professional bagpiper, and I I do put quotes around that. Maybe one quote. There you go. Because I don't mean that. You're going to get our audience all fired up for professional. Well, as long as you don't say premiere, you'll be fine. (laughs) Premiere is the trigger word. Professional gets... Yeah, professional professional is fine. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. If you get paid, you're professional. (laughs) So, 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 but still with single quotes, professional bagpiper. I have not worked another non-bagpiping job for money since April of 2004. There you go. Shit. Mm Mm-hmm. So I've been able to, you know, you know, I have two kids. I'm married. I have a home. I like and I, I it's all done. Uh, you know, my wife stays at home to help with the kids, especially during COVID. We've had to pull my son out of school. And, you know, like so she's homeschooling my kid. And I'm, thank goodness, doing well enough. And I promise you it's not off that sweet, sweet YouTube bunny. <laughs> um, but like, you know, it's doing well. Like, I'm not trying in any way to brag. I'm very grateful. I'm very blessed to be in a position where the things I'm sharing are bringing enough value to people that I'm able to do this. Well, um, but the thing is, man, like that I tell all of my students, I've been telling this for about 15 years. I try to give you all the keys to the castle as soon as I can. Yeah. That makes now, sense. You're going to go down some corridors. You're not ready for big time. Yep. <clears throat> you're not going to, I, I tell people all this, you're not going to understand this now, but I'm going to tell it to you. So you, you're going to hear it a thousand times over the next, however long. But eventually, this will click for you. But I need to say it a thousand times, or you're never going to get it. So yep. you got to start them early, and they're going to be like, "I don't understand what you're." But it doesn't matter. You just keep saying it, and that's a big part of the teaching process, which sucks sometimes when you repeat yourself a thousand times. But that's part of the process, right? One to, to be thing, honest, I just feel it hones the knife. Like you know, right. like to make a good katana, you know, how many times are they folding that steel over? Right. They're not doing it three times and calling it a sword. That's our skin dues that we have to wear. You know, like <laughs> you couldn't cut a banana with one of those things. I threw mine into a into a Riley drum major, so I don't have mine anymore. It's still it's still so, lost like, in his shoulder somewhere. I don't mind the repetition. Yes, there are lessons I have taught for 17 years. But you know what? If I'm getting bored at it, that's my fault. That's not my students' fault. That's my fault that I'm getting bored at it. I need to think about it in a new way and not just to keep myself novelly entertained. But I think I'm also able to engage with the students like this guy doesn't know what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, I've talked about D throws for 19 years, but this is the first time this guy's ever getting a D throw. And I think I get a bit of a high on that moment when they get that D throw, because I do think when they can get a D throw, Especially a heavy one, because sometimes a light one turns into a heavy one, and you don't tell them. That's you just, just a keep it a secret. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't sing, and you and you see their eyebrows go above their head like a cartoon character. And I've been present in the moment for people when that happened, and that's that's worth that's worth more than what they paid for the lesson, man. Right there, because they felt like a bagpiper, like right then they felt like a bag. Like crap, I could freaking do this. And that, I mean, if that doesn't keep you going, I don't know what will. Well, I've got two things off of that. One, I feel like there's a lot of belittlement for people who like are single quote professional bagpipers and, you know, doing the YouTube thing and all that as if there's not a lot of work that goes into that. But <laughs> to make a living doing that, I know from friends of mine, including uh, you, and I'm pretty sure you as well. Like that's like an eighty-hour work week. <laughs> like it's not any time you work. No, you no, that's work your own it, business. It was. It was. Um, it's like an eighty-hour work week. To, there. To, there's a bit of ducking issues. I'm just. Yeah, I don't want to cut you off. 
You're good. Okay. Um, I've been able to, it's one of the reasons like on screen recording is still not in my workflow. Like there's a lot of things I want to bring that in, but man, there's a, there's a, a learning curve that I don't have yet. Like it's going to take a lot of hours to get that down, but it's going to be super useful when I do. Cause there's some stuff I want to show people on screens, but now for like a 20 minute video, it used to be about 12 hours of time. I've gotten that down to about four. That's pretty good. That's an efficient workflow. So I'm putting two videos out a week and my Friday's my big one. My Tuesday, I kind of have this rule, like my Tuesday videos can't take me more than three hours total. And if it's not good enough, like I'm not three hours and I'm going to put it out no matter what. I haven't had to not put one out, but if it's not good enough, I'll just do one video a week. I mean, it's not like I'm on my own timeline. Like no one's judging me. What is the right. what is the maxim well, done on. is better than perfect? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's Doogie's thing. But um, for sure. So wait, hold on. So you're telling me, have you missed a Tuesday? Have you missed any day since you've gone to this two week schedule? Uh, no. Okay, so do you, dude? There's no way in hell if you decide. All right, yeah, you know what? Fuck it, I'm not doing Tuesday. You're gonna get a shit ton of people. Where's your Tuesday video? I'm sitting here waiting for it because I've got no. Life. But you know what that is. <laughs> Social media engagement. If I did miss a Tuesday, you know how much social media engagement, which then drives traffic to Friday's video. So now, if I start regularly missing Tuesdays, that's a bad thing. But I miss one, I'm gonna have such. I'm gonna have like freaking baller numbers on Friday from all those people that are angry on Tuesday. This leads to a question that's very I'm about important. To say, to yeah, me. that's an excellent have segue. You, have you had any trolls on your site yet? Yes. What, do you have a funny a favorite story a funny story of a troll that just sticks out in your mind like somebody just said the right thing that was just fucking funny well I, I think I mean I cut them off real quick like I have absolutely no patience for them like at all okay like they, I don't they don't get to like say nine things before like I'm done with you right. they get to say one thing and this was after one guy said three things but it was basically in like my unboxings and everything else it was I, I, some world music instruments, whatever you can imagine, the quality of gear they're was, putting was out. Was this the Amazon bagpipe that you got? Oh, <laughs> no, that was a funny one. Um, <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> it, it, but it was so, he never actually. This person didn't comment. I said he. It could be a they for all I know, or a Jim. I don't know. But it was whoever said it. They were like, I wouldn't let him unbox anything. Uh, I don't like how you're handling your reads. I don't like. And was, was he, like, what do you mean? You don't like how you're, I'm handling my reads? Like it was in one of my channel reads. It's like. Did you see me he's like jabbing it into the side of the stock and missing? This guy was probably autistic, so. Well, in any case, I just, I didn't say anything back. I just blocked. So, like, I just block real fast. Oh, like, come on, you, you got to like, challenge like, those guys, man. Well, you got you to respond. <laughs> I mean, we used to do this. Well, he's probably we used, just to, we used to drill I, this in crisis comp. time, if this was the thing I was doing just for fun on the side, I promise you, I would, because you know how bad I want to go down those rabbit holes? Oh, dude, it's so hard to resist, but then you know they're just being dicks, so you're like, this is going to be completely pointless. I, but but I, to go back, actually, to an earlier question, that's still part of this. Yeah, there was, like, um, the the autistic person that mm -hmm. was talking to... I talked about my craziest story. It just didn't happen to be related to that. Just, unfortunately, I get... I don't want to exaggerate or overstate. I also don't want to undercount it. Let, let's say about five a week, I get people that message me like we're friends. 
hey, asshole, and I wanted you to come on the show, okay? I get that all the time. I, and I didn't pretend, I didn't uh, Josh assume. is just one out of four is all I'm saying. God like, damn, was... dude. That's, you're going to call me out like that, bro? Like immediately? No, no, no. No, you, you saw my response to you. There's always something in the language. There's always something in how it's written, or maybe I've, writ- I've read enough of them, I can see it now. There's always something... And it's not just high exclamation points. Sometimes it actually almost looks like a real conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it, very quickly, they kind of need your engagement. And it's like, dude, like. It's just like 80% of the women I, I, I've I ever dated. They just want your people attention. asking me questions. Well, I also opened the conversation with a very tasteful dick pic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that Prince Albert was like not something I was expecting. It was hey, fake. Now. It was costume jewelry. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> mad enough to stick a needle through my penis. <laughs> Matt brings up an interesting point about like attention on the internet and our incredible minimal modicum of fame, if you would call it that, was entirely created by me. Well, that that too, but <laughs> and that pic you talked about earlier, you would I not mean, believe. The amount of people, random people I get messaging me. Hey, man. Yeah, you, bu- 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 you bu- really bu- take one for I mean, the team on that, man, because nobody bothers me at all. But I always respond because I'm like, maybe this will get might me have laid boobs. seven years down the road. <laughs> like, that's what I'm thinking 90% of the time. It's like, this guy probably has a hot sister, like like uh, Honey Bourbon. Uh, and <laughs> you never know. He does have a hot sister. He does. That's true. Uh, and a hot girlfriend, apparently. But uh, that's... But either way. Neither here nor there. We're not going to be allowed in that country for five years. So. Yeah, we're not going there. But anyway, point being, man, we get, I get, I don't know how much you get, but I get it quite a bit. Matt probably gets quite a bit. Like, I just get random people want just wanting to talk to me. I'm like, and it takes me a second to figure out if I know them. Did I meet you somewhere? Blah, 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 I get the random Facebook requests, but they never follow up. So I'm okay with that. Yeah. And I don't really Facebook that much. But yeah, I've, I've also made myself intentionally difficult to find. So. I make myself very easy to find, but I'm very quick to. So my my thing now is one I I tell people, which is entirely not true, but it's actually completely true at the same time. What I I like I tell these people like I don't chat online with people, and that's it. It's completely a lie because those people that are actually my friends in life, of course, like I'm not that idiot from 1987 that calls all of my friends. Like I'm typing to my friends but i know them and i didn't meet them because they saw one of my videos and it doesn't mean that you saw one of my videos we won't eventually grow to be amazing friends like some of my like peter bailey mr peter i think you're still watching uh he was a student of mine we have a we have a question for peter he's been hounding this guy will not shut the fuck up about this question Uh, hey Peter, guess what? We're not going to ask your question. Go fuck yourself. We are going to ask. We are. We are going to ask it. No, we're, we're not. Gonna fuck we're that gonna, guy. We're going to let Matt finish his point. Yeah, but it was like so. Like, but the idea, like, you can't get to know me. That's completely like crap. Because, like, you know, uh, you know, outside of my, you know, amazing wife, my closest friend is Mr. Peter Bailey, and he's about to move. He's going to the the Virgin Islands, and I'm going to miss him like hell. Oh, he's even um, less important to me. But now. I met him I as a student, and it took. It, it wasn't like he had two lessons, and we were best friends. It was a process. Like it was a process led by him, but he had like decorum. Like he knew the steps, and he wasn't desperate for sh- friendship. He's a he's a great guy. I, I appreciate that he wanted to become my friend. He's a very and he good, actually very badgered me too. just enough that we became really good friends. 
So I don't want to say to anyone who's listening that's like maybe written me like, oh, well, I'd never want to. It's just like it's going to take some time, you know, and maybe money because he was paying me for lessons for a while. <laughs> that's what well, also, friend, it takes, it takes a oh, little. It got real. It got real. It takes a little uh, bit of time for us to run your name through a sexual offender database <laughs> before we email you back. <laughs> Speaking of sexual offenders, Peter asks. Peter wants to know. <laughs> he says, question for Matt. What, what, hold on, hold on, hold on. What the hold on, one, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, what, hold on, hold on. Yeah, why? Well, you don't want to answer this because he's got a good beard. And no, you I just feel, don't. Do I you just, feel beard competition? Not, not at all. Mine's way better. But I just want to harass. I just want to keep talking over it so his never his question never gets asked. <laughs> oh, well, let me. We're, we're almost at two hours. So let me finish up. <laughs> all right, go ahead. Question for Matt. What the one video idea you haven't yet made because you just can't figure out how? So I'm assuming this means what is the one video idea you have not yet made yeah. because you cannot figure out how? Peter, I don't mean to shit on you. I think I feel like we'd get along swimmingly, but uh, you've you've seemed too friendly to not be on my shit list. <laughs> this is a setup. I know there's yeah. an he, these two. Have you worked you on guys this. might you saw the interview with him. He's pretty engaging. You I like the like, interview um, too. Yeah, that was good fun. Yeah, Peter's kind of a cunt. You just okay? <laughs> are you having a hard time with another bearded man? Listen, I, cause, cause, <laughs> are you? Are you? Andy, having, I'm not sure your beard's better than Peter's. I've I've been in front of Peter's beard. That thing's. I feel like I feel have like you felt my. Uh, I no. You should come I feel my beard. I wore a beard for years, and after I saw Peter's, it's like I got to give that up. This is like, the, I can't even. <laughs> this is the first time I've seen Andy actually experience beard jealousy. It has nothing to do with the beard. <laughs> No, no. That beard doesn't intimidate you. No, I'm not intimidated. That high and tight doesn't do it. No, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) But yes. So what is? Actually, I do have an answer. Um, I have a uh, hypothesis. Like, let's get scientific. I was going to say a theory, but if we're going to go scientific, theory is like true until proven wrong. So we're all Satanists here, so we believe in science. What you don't believe in science? What? No, I said we're all Satanists, so we believe in science. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, like the, the good Satanists. I love those guys. They they put up the best monuments. Um. <laughs> so, anyways, I have this theory about like bagpipe timing and how like there's one master meter that controls everything, and I don't mean like like a god on high that like needs to sit in a chair, but that you can actually subdivide everything out to a certain point. And like your grace notes, even we measure them in, they should be measured against this greater meter, like that everything goes against. You're talking about um, the atomic clock of bagpipes. Yeah. Or music in general, just bagpipes are part of it. Um, and I have some big thoughts. And I, for one of them, I'm not ready to, to disseminate the information because I have not done the due diligence to actually even if I had the work ready, I couldn't do it. But even when I have the work ready, I don't know how to make the video. Like I might even have to put up a sub channel of like theory on bagpipes because this is going to take me 80 hours to talk about. But like I have, I mean, this is perhaps revealing more than I should. I have listened to when like the top three worlds, MSRs are what I'm really looking at. And good medleys, the best medleys that really engage me, but it's mainly MSRs because of how constructed they are. Like, they're very limited in what you're doing. And when they work, man, they work. And when they don't, it's always kind of like, why don't they work? And I have some theories, and I'm not going to go into them here because we don't have time, but there's this kind of master meter thing that if you can fit it within there, 
in like eight out of 10 out of the last years on my theory or my hypothesis, eight out of the 10 MSRs that, that were first for piping. Cause I'm just looking at the piping thing. I mean, I don't discount drummers. You guys are awesome, but I, I don't know. Drumming, so I'm not looking for that, you know, like, but they fit like, so it's like, I feel like I'm on something, but it's this impossible video because I feel if I could crack this code, I might actually be able to tell how people, how bagpipe music works. I have a theory on this. What is that? That could potentially help you with your <laughs> endeavor. Uh, have you ever seen the slow-mo guys on YouTube? No. Okay. Or if I have, I don't know them by that name. I might have seen a clip or three. I would quickly check on the slow-mo guys. Their whole channel is basically filming on Phantom uh, Pro cameras, which can do like a thousand frames per second, which okay. is like super, super slow-mo. What you should do is take a live recording of a piper. Professional probably would be best. Any kind of professional piper. With a simultaneously synced with a visible uh, metronome, electronic or otherwise. So you have one camera following the metronome, one I, I camera following the I don't even need that. I can beat map that out. Like that's the, like the... But here's I the thing. If you're, looking, if you're looking for the differential, right? Like if you take it down in slow motion where you see like the metronome... And the grace note finger slowly moves at a different time. And yep. not only that, I bet that channel would probably collab on that video. Yep, I, I bet it would. But my, I, my and they're in Texas, is which is where ready. you are. Wait, what? Yeah, slow mo guys are in Austin. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was confused. Oh, I lived in Austin for seventeen years. So yeah, that would be that would be how I would do it. No, it's it's a great idea. So, um, and I think it's an answer Peter wouldn't necessarily expect. And I wasn't just trying to, uh, whatever. But that's the. <laughs> I, I really think there's this this nugget. It's actually informed an awful lot of my technique videos, even if it's not clear that it has. Um, like this this working th hypothesis is informing my education, and it's why I feel I got. It, it, at this point, I've gotten like seven different groups of firefighting pipers playing Strauss bass because I've been able to figure out some core tenets of timing and break them down in a way that I and I don't mean to discount. Like I have firefighter pipers that are actually competitive, great players. Um, like I, I think. Why do you say for actually, me? Like, like I, I, it's super fun and easy, and even everyone wants to laugh at stuff. Um, I think we need to educate people's ear. I think the biggest thing is in North, in, in America, I keep saying North America, that's not true, in America, in the US, Canada, man, they got brilliant piping, they've had it for years. We don't have crap. Like, Dang. we don't have anything. There's no way for that service band guy to have heard amazing piping in a context he even would have wanted to listen to it at. So like, he doesn't necessarily know how bad he is, and I'm not trying to make excuses for him. That's where when I go to a workshop, I almost always have like like a speaker system with some great recordings of the very tunes we're going to be learn like learning with them, and they get to hear you know uh, a Jack Lee or Angus McCall or a Stuart Little like play the very tune we're going to learn, and then it's like I got to tell your ear how this works. Like your ear doesn't know what to listen for, and the pipe band community laughs at you because you don't know what to listen for, and that sucks. That's not fair. Well, I mean, now, some of these guys just want to get drunk and get laid and they hold a bagpipe. Those guys exist too. Let's not like we all know those guys. 
But there's people in that community that are starving. I know I two am one of them. I know, I know two in this room. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, just, I think, like, like for me, so I, I scan the audience, like, of people, and I want to try to connect with those that are wanting to learn and those that aren't. Maybe I can bring them along in the journey where they're going to want to start learning because I think the music we're making is some of the most intricate, incredible music that's ever been made. It's it's so limited. It's so limited. I tell my students, we're not musicians. We're magicians. We're creating the illusion of music in in the ears of both yourself and your audience because you don't even have enough tools to make music. You can change pitch and you can change rhythm and you're done. Well, no other instrument has those kind of limitations. You can pause and rest between notes. You can give it dynamics and a number of other things. We can't do that. So we have to use these minuscule techniques on a nine note scale to create something that can be so captivating that a great Pibrock, because I've I've been able to be in a room with someone who said, I hate Pibrock, and then I brought them into a winter storm, I think it was 2017 or 2018. Misses by one Silver metal level stuff. And they heard that, I was like, oh, I don't like Pibrock, but I like what he did. It's like, well, you just weren't hearing it at the level it needed to be I wouldn't made. Even, well, I wouldn't even also, describe it as an illusion, though. I think it's it's just, it's a totally different vocabulary of music. No, I do think it's an illusion because I think the player, the, the us, the guy behind the bag, we can never be so involved in the process that we we, we uh, uh, dissolve into the music ourselves. I think we always need to be cognizant enough of the illusion that our blowing stays steady. Because I play other instruments, and that's not true on other instruments. Like, there's so much technical, physical things we're doing. Like, I don't want to, like, make the music secondary in any, like, it needs to be paramount. But you, you, you need to be able to also have enough mental reserve left that you're, you're thinking about your building, like, are you backing off your pressure because your drones are starting to flatten? Because your channel is going sharp, f- faster than your drones, and you know you're about to cut off. You can feel it, man. You're about to choke on that freaking. <sighs> but like, oh, so what do you do? Like, do do you let your drones choke, or you let your channel choke so you can stay in with your drones, or like, what are you doing, man? You're right there. Or you could just dig in and let your drones be out of tune with your channer. I would say that the physical experience is part of dissolving into the music, though. Like, you have to have that harmony of not only the physicality of the instrument, but also trying to play. I mean, it's the same thing like, you know, playing a drum set, right? Like, it's incredibly physical. But you can still dissolve into the music because you're you're putting the work in. It's that it's that just peak point, right, where your your brain's working, your body's working, everything is doing its damn job and that's when you can kind of uh not necessarily relax and let go but that's where you feel that kind of euphoric thing feeling of like oh shit my brain and my body are in conjunction right now i'm not tripping on shit i'm, I'm getting the job done no yeah I, no i don't disagree at all so I, I i think what we're kind of doing is like activating like a dolphin brain like, like boy things got weird but, you know like they see the animals can't sleep with their full brain asleep because they'll die like, I think as a bagpiper, like, you have to be able to, and I've never thought this. This is a fresh thought, so it might be completely wrong. But I love thinking about this. I love I love the instrument. I love what we do. I, I, I just, I'm always fascinated by it. And I love thinking about it, even when I'm not playing it. 
But like you, we have to be, as you said, we have to be cognizant of what we're doing and and fall asleep almost into the music. We have to be able to like fully into the music. But that's that side of the brain. This side of the brain has to be the taskmaster. Like, is your arm in? Are you? I mean, really, is it? Are you about to choke? Like, because come on, man, you're in your Krunlua variation <laughs> and you're gonna like freaking choke. You're 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 gonna miss the the freaking Krunlua on D because like. By digging in, you like had too much tension. You missed that freaking B grace note. Like, no, you got to be of both minds. You got to be in it, and yet you have to be cognizant of all of the myriad technical things. I mean, come on, man. Also, you got, like, also these gold remember, medal players. remember to march, and also remember that if you're in leadership, to listen to everyone else behind you. <laughs> yeah. You know, this guy who's playing, like, you know, Lament for the Children's, like, 11 minutes in. <laughs> and he misses one grace note 11 minutes in and he's like he gets third like yeah, when you wow, get to when you get to that a, point that's a high bar yeah but when you get to that point that's the whole point and of and, course it and is. other it, instruments it, of but those this, service members to get this back to where i started the conversation those service members those those firefighter guys those police guys they never listen to bagpipe music they, they it's an affectation that's peter's term they just wanted to like play pipes. Like, ah, play pipes. It's cool. Chicks dig it. I'm in a kilt. But more than a few of those guys get to that point and are like, I kind of want to get a little better than this. And then I one. feel as a community, we let them down because then we're like, you're not good enough. And you'll never do anything. And then we just dismiss them. It's like, that's a hard See, thing, man. It changes, it changes from place to place. Good. While I appreciate what Matt's saying, I wholeheartedly disagree. Like 98% of service band guys don't give a shit. Yeah, I've and had, it's proven to me on a I've had basis. like one out of 10 students that also do serve. But also, there's, there's some... They get into it for the wrong reason because it's a service band thing to do. And, I and they think some, it's going to be easy, and it's not. And then... I have some lee- leeway for schedule, but at the end of the day, like, I know people who worked around that. four-day-a-month schedule, dude. Like, There's I know no I know people that very easily worked around that and do really well. <laughs> who? Well, ha- Name how three. about this? I actually Privately, completely of agree with both of you because <laughs> it's somewhere between 10 and 20% of the, the guys I'm talking about. I just don't want to throw that 10 and 20% of service guys under the bus. No, no, of course. I would. Well, yeah. and I literally can't We're anymore. We're way so. exaggerating because that's what we do here. But <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I know it is. I know it is. And, and again, this is where this actually somehow dissolved into a real conversation. And I think it's amazing. And I really appreciate it. I think you think it's, it just now got thing. real? Man, that hurts. That hurts my feelings. <laughs> oh, oh I, we could go on forever, but I don't think we got the time. Well, no, now so we're actually we, talking real. Well, yeah. Yeah, so other questions. Like, I mean, I, I go too long on things. Like, so what do you guys? Other questions. Thanks. Stop. So, actually, I do have a couple questions. I have one for each of you Uh because we are nearing the end of the official recording, but we will stay on the stream with the Patreon audience. Yeah. So, all that means is... Because apparently Peter won't shut the fuck up. All (laughs) all that means is we'll do do some final thoughts and then um, we'll probably stop the the audio recording that will end up being in the podcast and we can still hang out for as long as we want after that with the patrons. Uh, so I'm going to start with Fusco okay. on final thoughts. Oh shit! I'll go. We'll go Fusco, Matt, me. Okay. I always start. All right. So, hmm, what was? What do we talk about? We talked about a lot of stuff. It's been a we blur. About, we talked about a blur. YouTube fame. We I'll talked about this. teaching. I will say this. While I do have some minor dis- disagreements with what Matt's saying, 
What I do like about what Matt is doing, and and I put it in the notes, and I never got to it. But a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, or so we put we in one of the fails of the week. I posted a video of um of shit. Why do I always fuck up the mic? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I posted a video of a guy teaching on YouTube, and it was fucking nonsense. The guy was teaching. Remember, he had like an open D throw or grip or something like that, I but his pinky savage. finger was up. Yeah, it was bad. And I'm like, God damn it! There's people out there still to this day that people are learning on YouTube from a guy that doesn't know how to play a C properly. And I, Matt is bringing attention to the proper way to learn the pipes. And I really appreciate that fact because there's so few of those people out there on YouTube that actually know what they're doing. Uh, YouTube is notorious for being nonsense, especially even, well, I don't know, not even that long ago, really. Um, but in the last two years, I noticed, Matt, I would say within the last year, I, I I didn't, I was not aware of you in 2019, but I would say in the last year or so, probably. <clears throat> and, uh, and I appreciate that. Like, hey, this guy has a clue. He does good quality content. And it's he's telling the truth, <laughs> which is great and and rare. And people actually uh, listen. I teach at the dojo. I got people saying people bring up Matt Willis to me, like, "Oh, Matt Willis did this thing on this. Have you seen it?" I'm like, I roll my eyes because I don't give a fuck. But <laughs> <laughs> no, that's but, uh, my job, <laughs> right? Right? That's like, oh, yeah, this Matt's method is not our method, but that's cool, man. Do it, whatever inspires you. I don't care. But um, but I appreciate the fact that he is definitely doing shit that is correct and quality. Yes. And, and that's so rare these days, in my opinion. So anyway, Matt, good job for that. That's what I got to say. About thank that. you. Thank you very much. Uh, final so thoughts my, to you, Matt. Uh, well, first, um, thank you, uh, Josh, in particular, for uh, convincing me to come on. Hey, fuck off. What about me? <laughs> well, you, you didn't actually convince me to come on, Andy. That's Sorry. true. That's true. I thought I complimented your beard enough until like, until I fucking what's his name anymore. showed up? Peter Bailey showed up. <laughs> <laughs> you can never stroke Fusco's beard too much. Mm-mm, mm-mm. No, uh, but, uh, this is a great opportunity. Um, I, I mean, again, as a an outreach uh, to anyone who's listening to this that might not know my channel, uh, take a look at it and uh, view it under your own whatever. If you feel you can learn something from it or you're entertained by it, then I hope you you go on board and and check it out. But uh, I never claimed to be anything I'm not. I'm not a silver medal competition guy. I'm not a gold medal competition guy. But I am a guy who's been like playing the bagpipes professionally for 19 years as my only form of employment. Like that's like you know, there's something to be said about that. Like I've been able to like feed my family and not embarrass myself. I get repeat gigs. I get lots of stuff. Like I don't, you know, there there's this there's a real world piper out there that I think is. Because I think the one thing I was hoping to get to and we didn't because time is a thing is that uh, we seem to like divide ourselves like in these like I'm like beaten feet to try to get an SFU or FMM or I suck so bad that I'm just trying to make a noise at a pub so a girl would think to reach under my kilt like and there is a way there's a enormous gap between those two people. And I think there's an enormous uh, number of pipers that are not being properly addressed. And I'm doing my best to do that. That One of my students recently said um, he always had these instructors that were either try hard or die hard. (laughs) I like that. And he's like, somehow you're both at the same time, Matt. (laughs) And I actually, I, I, I didn't come up with the line 
Um, and I actually feel bad that I don't remember the student's name, but I've only had one lesson with him. But um, please comment on if you're if you were listening to this, let everyone know your name because you know <laughs> who you are and you who said it. I can't remember your name, but I do think I'm trying to make the low level player better, and I'm trying to make the high level player or like the instructor like give them materials. Like I literally give them away. Like download them. Mm-hmm. They're they're here. If this is a better way to teach Tarlua from your perspective, then do it. If it's not, then don't. But at least consider it. Like, like I never try to put a video up that wasn't uh, some version of original thought. And that's going to get a little hard because I am trying to build kind of a, a catalog of, like, getting you to play the pipes on my basic series. But, like, that's not the point I ever did this. Like, I when I, it was all about... I I want to be able to approach this from a new and unique perspective and address uh, beginning pipers, intermediate pipers, people that think they're advanced pipers, but they're really just beginner pipers. Because, again, in America, our, uh, we just don't listen to enough piping. Like, I, I really think it, it can't be said enough. Uh, the American piper has not heard enough good piping to know their ass from the hole in the ground. Like, they hear... Like, I think the average American could hear someone who would lose a grade four competition and, you know, Angus McCall. And and you would have a 70-30 split on who was the better player because they're just so uninformed about what they're listening for. They wouldn't know. Um, this is a very nuanced music. Like, you don't go into, like, like drinking coffee knowing it's like this is bitter crap i don't want it like it takes a while you got to learn what you're listening for so anyways um at the end of the day i thank you so much for the opportunity to be here i've had a blast it's been so much fun i almost wish this was like a three hours again joe rogan kind of thing i have obviously a lot to say which is why i probably took two videos out a week Uh, (laughs) if you want to follow up with me um just let me know and uh, assuming i'm available also, plug, be happy to plug, talk some, to you guys again. plug some links, man. Where can they find you? Um, well, you go to uh, Matt Willis Bagpiper, because that's actually my official last name now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Andy, um, I'm my, Andy my own website's real easy. It's it's Matt Piper. I almost said my own name. MattPiper.com. Uh, but command your bagpipe will take you there as well. Um, but you look up Matt Willis and bagpipes, and it'll take you places. Like, I... Come on, man. Like, I, I just checked. I've gotten even three more. So I'm at 5628 subscribers right now. Nice. <laughs> nice. Like, there you like go. that's like, I can't. That's not a brag. It's uh, a humble. It's a really humble like, brag. Well, yeah, it's not even like, them. I, it's I, a lot I, of work. Peter, <laughs> Peter will bug you again about this. I thought it would take me three years to get to a thousand people. Please don't encourage him. No, no, you have to keep answering to them. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, uh, no, I remember the work we put in so for much. our first, like, 100. So, yes. Um, and I hope maybe this brings some more subscribers in, but uh, I have no plans to stop two videos a week um, anytime soon. I, I have more than 80 videos, literally, in the works right now. Like, I almost want to put out more videos, but, like, one, no one wants to watch that many bagpipe videos in a week. <laughs> And two, I need to like, like, there will be a point where like, I don't know what I'm doing and I have to put out a new video. But like, I'm not going to shut up anytime soon. So, (laughs) hey, that's Ah. no worries, man. Uh, I got to say, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you. We are going to hang out a bit um, after the official end of the audio. Great. The official end of the audio podcast. Uh, But for final thoughts, I just want to say thank you, Matt. 
once again, one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on the show was because it's like us, you know, one, I was really mad that someone had usurped my YouTube dominance on <laughs> pipe and related matters while I was away. Uh, so coming for you, hundred percent. Granted, all of our stuff is like travel videos Bring it and on. dick jokes. Bring it on. <laughs> well, previous to this, we didn't always do dick jokes. Yeah, we used to have some like shorts and things. You ever, you ever see any of the? Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll send him some links to some of the old band that shall not be named videos. But uh, absolute pleasure to have you on. Uh, thank you for you know entertaining, and hope to have you back soon. Uh, in the interim, I'm going to just quickly play out the official recording, and then we'll get into all the stuff with the patrons. 